and we're back, baby, after a, you know, short little layoff uh, that lasted, I don't know, most of 2021 for our own goal podcast. Donnie and I are back. Date of recording is January 2nd, 2022. Donnie, how you feeling, buddy? You know, um, I would be lying if I told you I felt any differently than I did 48 hours ago in 2021, but... I am very happy to be podcasting again. Um, we did take a break, but that break is over. And new year, new us, which I think we said last year. You know, it ended up being the exact same us. We made it a little longer, I think, before our hiatus this time. Yeah. So, that you know, if we can get to the point where, like, the first week of December, we then take a hiatus for the rest of the year, then we're just, like, on a pretty regular schedule. Exactly. We're making progress. It's our, our, it's our holiday break, so we're just going to make it a little bit longer. So we've got a, a shit ton of stuff to talk about because we haven't been on the airways for uh, a hot minute. Uh, but first... To the byline. It's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. So, obviously, in the last three months of soccer, a lot has happened, and there's going to definitely be some major stories we are going to forget and completely miss. Oh, yeah. But I guess one of the biggest ones that happened somewhat recently is that Leo Messi won his seventh Ballon d'Or. Uh, Eric, reaction? I guess I have a question. I have many questions, but I'll try to distill it down into one, or at least less than five. But you know I don't follow the award season very strongly. Everyone uh, knows you love the award season very strongly. The Onis, the, the Onis are the only awards that matter. R.I.P. Onis 2021. <laughs> yeah, that is a, a COVID casualty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, spoiler alert, we will not be doing an Onis 2021 no, episode. No. If you didn't pick that up from our three months of not doing any episodes, then I don't know how to help you. Which sucks because if you see if you see my notes, uh, my notes app, like there's a, a edition dated from like April of twenty one, where I already had a couple categories planned out and a couple nominees. So you know, we'll just hope those people continue their form next year. Hopefully, if everything can just say the exact same, we don't have to we don't have to redo any of our work. Exactly. Um, but Mike, so the Belindor. I know that it was just awarded to to Messi. What is the start date and the end date of the perform of of the body of work they take into account? January first of that year is my understanding of the start date, which makes no sense. And the end date must be when they award it. So, like this season that that has been going on, where Messi has like two goals for PSG or something. Was was included in that calculation yes. to find him to find him more deserving than Robert Lewandowski or your beloved boy Kareem Benzema. Correct. <laughs> I don't believe that. Can't, that that can't be. Both of those things cannot be true. Okay, I'd like to add to this. I don't understand why this award is given in December, other than it's the French being French. That's my only explanation. Because what makes sense is for this award to be given out the last week of July, and then. 
the start date would be the August through July of the of you know the previous year, which is oh how wow that really lines up with the the way the European league season works, and then it gives you time for a summer tournament. Yeah, uh, no, I mean you don't have to pitch to me that some awards situation is stupid. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about the Ballon d'Or this year, but I'm gonna keep it into this one kind of topic. Everyone knew it was fucked when they decided to randomly create a new award called the Best Striker World, which, by the way, already exists. It's called the European Golden Boot. (laughs) And give that to Lewandowski. Once once I knew they were coming out with that award, it was clear that Lewandowski was going to get this new award that means nothing, and Messi was getting the Ballon d'Or. But Lewandowski got fucked. I just don't know how else to say that. Here's... Yeah. Do do you think the... Like, the French Journalist Association knows that Lewandowski is Polish and not German. So I think maybe because they decided not to give the award when Lewandowski was the clear winner last year, right? And I was thinking maybe they're harboring some, like, grudges from World War II, like the English are well known to do with the Germans. But Lewandowski's Polish. Yeah, I don't know. He was absolutely the clear winner in the non-existent 2020 Ballon d'Or. But in all honesty, and I obviously push my boy Benzema, and I think he, he was the winner this year too. He, yeah, but Lewandowski was the winner this year too. Yes, it was just like should me, we do it? Should we do a twenty twenty two own own goal Oni Ballon d'Or twenty twenty one correction? Oh, I would love that. I think that's going to be a. Can category. we also do an own goal? <laughs> Can we do an Oni for the Ballon d'Or twenty twenty, which didn't happen, even though soccer continued in twenty twenty? <laughs> yeah, I think we have to. Okay. But we're not we're not gonna rush uh, a a a twenty twenty one Oni to do that. We're in twenty twenty two. You know, yeah. we gotta move. Yeah. yeah, dude. So, maybe maybe the people that are in charge of scheduling uh, the Ballon d'Or are just like two jackasses like you and me, and they just went on a hiatus and didn't schedule the Ballon d'Or <laughs> ceremony. Well, last year, that's why they, they didn't skip it intentionally. It's just like a French you and me, like, oh, we, we did not schedule. We, we, oh no. What would your name be if you were French and tell me why it would be Pierre? Wouldn't it be like Enrique? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone who had to hear that. Um... <laughs> Also, Messi has COVID as of today, too. Yeah, and, you know, hope, hopefully he's one of the the vaccinated players. I know the French League has, like, what, 92% double vaccination. Uh, so, hopefully Dude, he's All I know is everyone's better than the Premier League, which has, like, 68% double vaccination. Yeah, I think they have, like, what, 90% single dose, but double, but, but like, yeah, sub-70 uh, double. So, hopefully he's one of the fully vaccinated, and, and hopefully he's... You know, he, I mean, he's in great shape, and he's got access to all the, you know. Well, speaking of great shape, and this is just relevant because it's kind of been in the soccer news recently, but, you know, a few months ago, Joshua Kimmich got COVID, mm-hmm. and he was not vaccinated whatsoever, and he has not played, and will not play um, up until, you know, at least for the next few weeks because he's been suffering a lung problem, and you know, they talked to him about it, and he said he obviously, like, wishes he had been vaccinated with what he knows now. But the crazy thing to me is, like, Joshua Kimmich is definitely the top 1% of humans on the planet in terms of, like, being in physical fitness. 
Yeah. Like, he is a top 1% on earth in terms of physical fitness, lung capacity, all that stuff. And yet, and he's, what, 26 years old, so he's in he's in his pure physical prime as a prime specimen of, like, human fitness. And even he is suffering lung issues because he got COVID, which yeah. is just... Because he was doing his own research and not getting vaccinated, and yeah. and here we are. Yeah. And, like, you know, not to go all big picture here, but this is a really important year for a guy like Joshua Kimmich and any other player that has their eyes set on playing for their country in the World Cup. AKA this Life Cup. We've officially entered a World Cup year, and it's it's easily the least excited I am for a World Cup year, which is a damn shame because... Well, well, well a couple of things. Number one, the slavery, always. Yeah. Number two... Usually at this point in a World Cup year, the World Cup is six, six months, months away. The World yeah. Cup is basically still a year away. In a way, you could argue 2023 is more of the World Cup year. Than <laughs> with the exception that the World Cup, with the exception that the World Cup starts and ends before 2023 hits, you could argue that. Yeah, you'd it, be wrong. that's that's a minor caveat. Details, details. That's a footnote. Okay, you're a footnote. <laughs> um, speaking of something that is not a footnote. The long-rumored move for U.S. men's national team star and FC Dallas product, Ricardo Pepe, has finally happened, and he's going to Augsburg. Two things. Yeah. Um, long rumor that he'd be going to a Bundesliga team. The, the clubhouse favorite was Wolfsburg. Mm. So an interesting, uh, I don't know if wires got crossed or if Augsburg just kind of came in hot. The... The fee is rumored to be about twenty mil, with a de- with more added on, you know, based off of performances and and other stuff. But I did hear there's a slight delay in the transfer because his connecting flight uh, into Germany got delayed due to weather. So yeah, yeah. But that's happened. That's 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 one of the good reasons to have a, a delay in in. in in a signing. Yes. Uh, it's exciting though. I mean, Donnie, let's, I think you would be the resident, uh, FC Dallas, us soccer player, uh, opinion holder. Well, obviously it's just, he's just another credit to a lot of guys who have come up through that FC Dallas youth system and talent that's being pumped into Europe, which is exactly what I want FC Dallas to keep doing. Um, I think this is a good spot for him in a sense. And that, Augsburg is 15th out of 18 in the Bundesliga, so they're only one spot above that relegation playoff position. I think they obviously paid a lot for him, relatively. I mean, they're good. I think, That's, I think they he's going to have a chance. They smashed their club transfer record. Yeah. Smashed I, it. I think that he's going to have a chance to play right away and make a difference, and what else can you ask for? Yeah, they, they've struggled to score goals. Um, I, I know their expected goal number is, is low per game. Uh, they average, I think, a goal a game, if that. Uh, apparently, they average like, 10 shots on game, but or, a game, but I don't know how many of those are on target. Uh, so, you know, a little worried that it could be a sergeant at, at Warder Bremen situation where they just couldn't get looks and then he got cold. Uh, but, you know, Pepe has shown in his brief appearances with the U.S. that he can convert in big moments. So hopefully he can get a lot of minutes and uh, and help keep Augsburg above the table. Uh, a really, and quick reminder for everybody, Bundesliga, you really just need to finish 16th, and, w- and then you win the relegation playoff against the uh, the third team out of the, the second Bundesliga. 
but obviously 15th or higher would be more ideal. Yeah. So I think that's really exciting. Um, you know, there's always going to be that crowd. Hercules Gomez is, you know, I actually ended up agreeing with a lot of Hercules Gomez's opinions about stuff. What I don't agree with is, you know, he thinks that FC Dallas ownership screws over their fans. And I guess like if you're looking to win an MLS cup, sure they do. They create a lot of good players and they sell them for profit. But I don't know. I'd like to think that the FC Dallas fans kind of see the bigger picture in that. Who gives a shit if FC Dallas? Like, I don't care if FC Dallas wins an MLS Cup. I do Here's- very much care about the U.S. winning a World Cup. And I feel like FC Dallas, is, FC Dallas from its youth system and the mm-hmm. talent it's produced is doing a lot to help in that goal, which is the only thing I care about. I would argue that your style of team support is not the norm sure. and probably not the style that MLS or even FC Dallas actually wants because I, I don't mean to assume, but you're probably not generating a lot of revenue for the, the team. Right? You're not buying, you're not buying season tickets. You're not, you're buying, you're not buying FC Dallas jerseys and, and all that shit. So I agree with you. Like I want as a season, as an inaugural season ticket owner of Austin FC, my goal is for Austin FC to do, become what Dallas does. I, I I want to just build out an incredible youth system and loan and sell players to Europe and then I can follow them wherever they go and like that that's what I want. Uh, but I I don't think that's the system that actually keeps these teams in the green. Uh from like I don't a, know though. Twenty mil it's a lot in MLS. The transfer fee they got from them, like the transfer fees they're getting, they're, they, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get a just transfer fee for Justin Che eventually. Yeah. I, those they transfer fees, I think, do help. And then, you know, it's not like FC Dallas signs ridiculous designated players, so they keep the wage bill pretty trim, too. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I'm not an economist. I don't know what the numbers look like. <laughs> um, I think, actually, this would be a good time for us to, to just segue into one of our quick little league recaps. Yeah. Why don't we just kick it off with the Bundesliga while we're, we've already talked a little bit about the relegation battle. Um, Augsburg are right there, kind of teetering on the edge. Uh, Stuttgart are down there too, and then two teams that nobody's ever heard of, who I think are in their first season in the Bundesliga, you know, got promoted last year. Firth are, has five points. Yes, so they're they're going down. Uh, but then you've got you know another one that's pretty surprising. Our Monchen Gladbach and Wolfsburg are are not you know there's there's not a lot of separation. Even RB Leipzig are down there, and I guess that's actually what I want to kick us off with. I don't think we've podcast since RB Leipzig uh, canned our guy, American manager Jesse Marsh. We have not. He got the uh, proverbial sack. Um, what can you say? The team sold both their center backs. The team sold their best offensive player. Um, their coach uh, went to the... Well, they didn't even sell their well, one of their their center backs went for free. True, true. They sold their other center back. Yeah, uh, and then also I think you know for the most majority of this season so far, they've had seven senior team players out with injury or illness uh, consistently. So it, you know, it's it's, and been, it's not been exactly like they've been playing well since they got fired. They've lost three of their last five, drawn one, and won one. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, my my hope is. 
let's get Tyler Adams to a different a different team. Um, a lot of rumors linking him with Manchester United. Get him to get him to England, and then I I don't give a fuck what happens to RB Leipzig. You're gone. You're done. You're dead. As long as uh, as long as our, our boy uh, Brendan Aronson doesn't doesn't go there, they're dead to me. But if he goes there, then they're my favorite team in Germany. So it's that's <laughs> just how it is. Uh, yeah, but to that point, Leipzig sit in tenth. The, the team currently in the second automatic relegation spot, Arminia, sits in 17th, and there's only six points separating them. So yeah. there's a lot happening, but the Bundesliga I, I, has already shaped to be the boring liga, as we knew yeah. it would. Uh, what, Dor- uh, Bayern already have uh, a nine-point lead over second place, which is Dortmund. And, you know, Dortmund have a decent cushion of, what, Six points over, wow. over fifth place. Oh, yeah, over fifth place, yes. Yeah, I'm just looking at Dortmund securing Champions League after they crashed out of the group stage. Uh, so they'll be there next year. Uh, I am excited that you know we haven't seen Gio Reyna play for a while since picking up that injury mm. back in what October. Yes. Uh, so I know he was back training a little bit in December, but they were holding him out until the the new year. So. We should be seeing Gio come back, and really, when I'm watching uh, the Bundesliga, I'll be watching the relegation battle, but specifically seeing Pepe, and then I'll be watching for Gio Reyna and Tyler Adams. Dude, Wolfsburg have lost five of their last five matches. Yeah, there's a lot of little red X's by them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that kind of that was a good segue to the Bundesliga. Now, I want to take us back to our global news segment. And kind of, you know, this is own goal podcast at the, uh, uh, what do you call those um, gossip magazines? Tabloids. Tabloids. Wanda and Mauro Icardi. First they were getting divorced, then they were back together, then they were off, and then they posted a picture together that could only look like the cover of a softcore porno. I don't even know what hardcore, man. That was like full (laughs) penetration in that ad. What is going on there? Dude, the complexities of that relationship make no sense to me. You know, Wanda used to be married to Maro's teammate, uh, Maxi Lopez. Yeah. And had like three kids with Maxi. And then, you know, uh, Maro cut the shit out of Maxi and then like basically took the kids too. Now he's got the kids' faces tattooed on his body, um, and apparently Morrow was hooking up with some uh, South American like uh, soap opera star or, or television star or something. She was incredibly attractive. Mm-hmm. She still is. Uh, yes, yes, she's not dead. <laughs> Wanda hasn't killed her yet. No, no, she hasn't lost her shape either. Um, and and so then like everything blew up. They were they were splitting. Now apparently they're like getting. Yeah, you guys should find Wanda's what is it Instagram or something yes, because it it will. I, I can feel the heat. I can feel the heat through my phone. Is Mario Cardi the horniest man alive? The dude just seems so horny. I mean, he's just like every other soccer player, man. They're all horny. Yeah, he's like not a bad looking guy. So like. You know. That's the thing. In soccer, if your face is just average, you have a sick body. Mm-hmm. Like, you got 
a perfect body. If you just have an average face or better, you're you're golden. So yeah, look at like so then look at someone like Beckham, right? Who like who had above a, average uh, face, above average face. You know, as long as you don't hear him talk, you're like that's the sexiest man <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Okay, um, so leaving the Acardis though, let's go into uh, let's talk about Syria. Ah, Mario Cardi's former league. Exactly. Look at that. We're all we're all about the transitions. Uh, this this new year. Well, and Cardi's former team. Well, Inter we Milan. To, we didn't have to transfer tra- uh, transition that well, Donnie. Is uh in first, but AC Milan is only four points behind in second, and they've had a <laughs> the Milan clubs have really rounded out into form. Napoli yeah. thought it looked like at first Napoli was just so strong in the beginning, but. Well, I mean, Na- Napoli looked so strong, but they were they were never more than you know a game ahead of Milan, and yeah. then they, they all caught up, and then both Milan and Napoli got hit pretty hard with like injuries, but Milan got hit harder and for longer, um, just because that's how it goes, and uh, form dropped. You know, so Milan for the last what month, two months, we've been playing without Davide Calabria, who is one of our captains. Uh, Simon Kier tore his ACL, is out for the season. And we also have played without a left wing because both Rabic and uh, Leao have been hurt. So we've been... And then, you know, we have... Our, our two strikers are octogenarians. So it's hard for Giroud and Ibra to stay healthy when they have to log serious attacking minutes. Uh, so it's been, been a bit rough, but... Our form dropped. Napoli also lost. Uh, you know, Victor Oshiman's got gotten hurt. Is their only really real reliable goal, sc- goal scorer? And then uh, Koulibaly, their rock in defense for what the last five six years, uh, he's he's gone from injury too. So both teams got hurt, and Inter Inter's been on fire. They have only lost one game all season, and they are they look good. They've seen to you know. I think their uh, sporting director or somebody said they sold uh, Lukaku and brought in Jekko and they haven't noticed a difference, was his quote. Which was, uh, we'll talk about Lukaku in, in more detail in a later segment. Uh, but just goes to show that they are, they're humming, they are looking good, and they are the smart money to, to, win, the, to win the league easily. Yeah, uh, I think Jekko, when his career is over, People will look back about how underrated he was and just what a reliable yeah. goal scorer and striker he was. I think, oh, sure. I think you and I have never underrated him. You and I have always talked very well about him, but I think the soccer community as a whole will go back and realize like Yeah. They didn't they didn't give enough credit for his consistency year after year after year, regardless well, of what team he's it, on. It helped us not underrate him that when he left the Premier League, he then went to Serie A and has just kept scoring against my team since he got there. So like it's 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 hard to underrate a guy that just keeps fucking you in the beep. Uh, so you know that there's a lot of interesting going on here. Obviously, the title race is not over. Uh, Milan should be healthy after this winter break. You know, we got a game on game against Roma on Thursday. It'd be a big game, uh, but we also will be losing both Frank Kessier and Ismail Benacer as they go join the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, I think Napoli are going to be hit with a couple absences from that as well. But Inter, I think, is going to be pretty much untouched. I think Juventus, you know, they're back in play for Champions League. You know, they were had a really shitty start to the season, but they're only four points behind Atalanta for fourth place, and they're already ahead of Roma. So 
top four as it does every year in Italy is going to be a, a fucking brawl tooth and nail. Um, I think house money, smart money would be entered to win the title, but don't count out Napoli. Don't count out Milan, but you can probably count out Milan for the title. And then <laughs> something to really focus on though is, uh, our, our, our boy Gianluca Busio over at Venezia, you know, we had them pegged for a, a grind year long, you know, flirting with, with relegation, probably not going to make it out. They're sitting 16th out of 20 right now. Yeah, they've got six points clear they've got, of what? they've got six points over the, above the relegation line. So uh, he's been playing really well too. They've been really happy with his performances. He's, he's, you know, been a, a key cog in midfield, moving the ball, uh, showing up on defense a little bit too, which is not, not really one of his strengths. Um, but it's been fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. Any, right. Anything? Anything you're you're you know catching your eye on? Uh, um, well, I said that Roma were a mortal lock to finish in the top four, and at the beginning of the season that looked really good. They've sort of <laughs> hit a bit of a skid because they've sort of gotten very injured. Um, like, like Napoli, like Milan. Um, so I'm just keeping my eye on Roma. And then Fiorentina have that uh, striker that everybody wants. Thank you. Everybody wants a piece of him, and I wonder, we're in transfer season right now, I wonder if someone's going to make a splash. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see if, if Fiorentina hold on to Vlavic, uh or if, if, if they... I mean, like, I'd like to see for, from them hold on to him for the, for the rest of the season and then, you know, sell him in the summer. Because I forget if he's Croatian or, or if he's uh, Serbian or I'm, I'm not, not to offend anybody from those countries. I just can't recall what, what country he plays for. But my assumption is he would be one of the players that could move, you know, a few months before the World Cup and mm-hmm. be at risk at losing his World Cup starting spot because – I think he's playing so well um, that he'll be able to represent his country no matter what. You know, it's not like he's a French player who's going to have to compete with ungodly you know, talent at his position. Yeah, um, he is Serbian for the record. Serbian. Okay, I, I would like to apologize for for you know not not knowing. I knew it was one of the two. But if um, he ends up going to Manchester City, then fuck him. Sure, but but it'd, it'd be I'd like to see them hold on to him because. I think Fiorentina can act can legitimately with him challenge for a Europa League spot. You know, they could they're not far behind Champions League either. Like they could they can legit challenge the Champions League. I think it's gonna be a little harder full season to to, to hold on to that steam. But they could definitely take a, a fifth place or a sixth place, which would be really cool to see. And then they can use that money to invest in their squad and then sell Vlaovic to one of the big spenders. I just hope they sell him outside of Italy. If he fucking goes to to Juventus, I'm just gonna have a lot of anger management problems I got to deal with. Yeah. Should we go to Premier League? Let's go to your home. Well, unfortunately, my home is just so fucked. Manchester City <laughs> have already rounded out into their February form where they're just unbeatable. Uh, they already have opened up a 10-point lead on second place Chelsea. And I just think that that's pretty much the title race is over. But Donnie, Donnie, you guys, you guys have three games in hand on them. True. Uh, but even if we won all of those games in hand, we would be 13 points behind. More than the 10 points between them and Chelsea. So, yeah. 
that's over. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea will jockey for positioning. Um, and both of them just kind of stuttered in November and December. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. They'll jockey for positioning. Chelsea have really stuttered. They've dropped. They've lost a couple of games in December. I think they've drawn four to their last five. And what the fuck is going on in the house of Tuchel? So should we, should, should we, should we do it now? Oh, we're jumping in right now. Because Liverpool, okay, we don't so- need to talk about them. They're going to finish second. So you 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 want to delay the conversation about United? We'll we'll start with Chelsea. And the perfect way to delay is to work our way down the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good point. So Manchester City, you know, enough said. They they've won the title. It's this this title race is is as is, is almost as boring as the boring lingo. Almost. Almost. Uh, Chelsea. Should you start or should I start? Uh, let me set this. Let me paint the scene, and then I'll let you go. So, <laughs> Chelsea. You know, they started out the season so well. It really looked like it was in a three-horse title race. Tuchel was really in control, and as they've had some injuries, things have started to go. You know, the wheels are falling off a little bit on the Tuchel, um, the Tuchel train. The wheels are jumping off the Tuchel train. Um. The first thing I'll point out is that it seems that he wants to play Christian Pulisic anywhere but <laughs> his preferred on positions on the attacking wings. Um, I, he, he has played. I, wish a, to, I want to say real quick. Technically, Pulisic's preferred position doesn't exist in Tuchel's system. Yes. The Tuchel runs the Christmas tree, right? Where you've got your striker very top center, and then you've got below him a little bit wide but still in the midfield in the middle of the field width wise is your your two like center attacking kids where it's like Mason Mount and sometimes Pulisic but of course Donnie he doesn't actually put Pulisic there does he no instead he either puts Pulisic as this top striker or yes, as a wing back the wing back yeah oh that's a fun one um so then Big Rom came out and talked about how He's totally healthy, doesn't know why he's not playing, kind of just calling out Tuchel. And yesterday, in their big match against Liverpool, Tuchel... It was today. It was today? Today. Today, this morning, in their big match against Liverpool, Tuchel didn't just leave Lukaku on the bench. He left Lukaku out of the team. the motherfucking squad. Altogether. Out of the 18. And Eric, I'll let you just run away with this now. That is not what the kids meant when they said squad goals, by the way. I just, just got to point that out. So, yeah, you, te- you painted a beautiful picture there, Donnie. I mean, unless you're a Chelsea fan, in which case you painted the picture of that, that meme of, like, the dog at the coffee table where everything's on fire. And he's like, this is fine. Because that's that's what it really feels like to me. I know they're in second place. You know, I know they, they, they are 10 points off the title. So that's a problem. Um, they also shit the bed in the final group stage game in the Champions League, uh, which they they went through, so no problem. But eh, it's kind of a problem. I would like to point out that you know, as the perfectly unbiased U.S. men's national team fans that we are, you know, uh, Pulisic did play closer to his natural position today. And yeah, he flubbed a, a, a chance on goal in the first 10 minutes, but he did score the game equalizer. Yeah, and it was a sick goal. And his reward for that was to be shunted to right wing back. 
let's just let's just let that sink in for for a minute. So that's a little rough, huh? Um, now the other thing I want to to really focus on is Tuchel v. is back. Yeah, I agree. So interesting to note. Well, Tuchel's... Can, can I interrupt real quick? Please. It looked the Tuchel v. Gates looked like it was over when Tuchel won the Champions League. Yes, I, I had, I had, I was, I was writing my concession speech. I, it, it, I was ready. So this is a comeback of the ages. So, to speak. <laughs> okay, please go ahead. So Tuchel is like seen as this this brilliant tactician, and to an extent, I have to give it to him. When when his system works. It's brilliant. But the guy has too much rigidity in his system that when when he gets injuries, his backs didn't feel well, who was on fire before his injury, and now Reese James, who was on fire for his injury, are out. When they're out, he, he's like, I gotta stick to my fucking wingbacks rule the world system, and let's just have Pulisic play wingback, put Cal Hudson-Odoi in every single forward position, and just watch him do nothing. Uh, and see what the hell happens. And the result is they score like one goal a game for the last five games until this one. You know, they've had what four one one draws at home, I think, of out of their last out of their last like four last five or something. That There's is- a problem there where he's too stuck into a system and a structure that when emergent injury emergencies like this happen, you gotta be able to to maneuver yourself out of it. And I think that's what got undid him at Dortmund. I think he was so rigid in his structure and system that the players kind of, you know, got really irked with him and and with him as a person that it got to the point where the situation was untenable and Dortmund had to cut ties with him. And we can now start to see that happening with uh you know, it's been well known that Pulisic's been pretty frustrated for the last year. You know, he's been Every time I out, I have to keep proving myself, even though you know overall my performances have have pretty much backed up that I deserve to to play. Uh, but now we have Big Rom, who was the key, you know, the the, the key signing of Chelsea. In, in his first couple of games, he was incredible. Then he got hurt, and then he. Claims he's healthy and worked his way back, uh, but he's unhappy with Tuchel. With the, the I think he's, he mentioned something about the the manager's strategy is not what what was discussed when I joined, and, and all this stuff. And he's unhappy, but he's a professional, and you know he's not going anywhere. But that he has you know Inter in his heart, and he plans to rejoin Inter while still in the prime of his career, uh, which is a. a fucking bomb to drop seen as I think everybody assumed that, you know, Chelsea was in his heart. That's what he said when he transferred back to Chelsea was Chelsea never left my heart. You know, I had unfinished business here and now he's already dreaming about better food and better weather. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, it's because of Tuchel. Yeah, it is. Uh, and really interesting to me has been everyone's reactions to how Tuchel has managed the situation because a lot of people have actually, a lot of the pundits and the talking heads have come out in favor of Tuchel saying, you know, you can't let one of your players kind of act out like that and call you out without repercussion. And I, I understand that point of view. 
And I've, I've also heard the other view, which is I probably would have handled. I'm not saying the way Tuchel handled it is wrong because I like there's no way for Sir Alex would have ever let anybody. But Sir Alex would have done oh, the same thing. But you can't compare Tuchel and Sir Alex. If 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 one of Sir Alex's players had just done this, he would have been transferred on January first. <laughs> he would have been. He would have just sent to the reserves to die. <laughs> That is true. That is actually exactly what would have happened. Um, but um, a lot of people also said, you know, play him and deal with this in house. That's probably what I would have done because he's a really well, good player, and I always believe to just play your good players. But I like you. I mean, I'm I'm sure if you were a manager of a top Premier League team, there would be confrontations, personalities with some of your players, sure. but not not this confrontation, not with this reason, because you wouldn't have been running. Tuchel's stupid fucking system where he plays two or three offensive players and 37 wingbacks. Well, and it's like you said, Tuchel's problem is that he's not fluid. When he when he has this full, healthy lineup, yeah, this is a great system. When you have yeah. Ben Chilwell and Reese James bombing up on the wings, it's fucking fantastic. But when you start getting plagued with injuries, you gotta make an adjustment. And that's what he fails to do. He's not making adjustments. Well, he's, he's making adjustments. He's making shitty adjustments. Well, no, the formation's staying the same. Oh, he's making yeah, yeah. personnel adjustments. He's no, not he's, making he's, formation his, adjustments. His, adjust, his adjustments are, uh, Romelu, you are now off the squad, and Christian, you're now a white, uh, right wing back slash false nine. Have fun, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he needs to be able to be fluid in the formation, given the personnel he has available. Here's, here's where it comes down also, to. his interviews, he just comes off so fucking manic. Yes. What I sent you guys, what I sent you today, <laughs> talking about Christian Bolsing, what was he even he, saying? He couldn't, he, he, the, yeah, the, 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 you know, the interviewer, the reporter, uh, teed him up for like, uh, giving Christian an attaboy, right? Because, you know, asking, you know, I think the prompts him to like, you know, you could see on, you know, on Christian, like how happy he was to get that goal. I know it was such a big one for him. What were your thoughts? And his first three minutes were studying through about how, how Christian Pulisic is not playing uh, not playing well compared to what Tuchel knows he can do, and then he's like he he forgot what he was supposed to say, and then the last minute was like, but it was a big goal, and that was that was good to see from him. And that was it was the most uncomfortable like, oh, I should actually say something positive about this player instead of shitting on him for two minutes after he equalized for us. Yeah. So I think he's he's I think he's got really shitty people skills. Yeah, he's a bad. Which, he's he's a good tactician. He's a terrible man manager. He's terrible at dealing with other people. Your mm-hmm. um, and I think at the end of the day, we've seen Roman Abramovich has no issue canning and canning the manager and bringing another one. Uh, you know, I think as the uh, Ari Gold from uh, Entourage once said, they're all numbers to me, like wife number one and therapist number five. Uh, seven. So number seven, there we go. <laughs> so I think if, if this situation becomes untenable, I, I think Abramovich would be more willing to cut Tuchel loose to keep, you know, key players like Romelu Lukaku for a couple more seasons, um, and, and, and rather than hold on to Tuchel and and risk losing a bigger investment. Yeah, yeah. Should we go to the other big London club? Arsenal have actually, you know, they started out the season as a joke, and they have looked really good the last few months, playing some really good soccer. Played yeah. incredibly well against Man City yesterday. That one was yesterday. Um, got little, kind of, got, little, got a little, little unfortunate. Got, got a little fucked by the ref. Yeah, got a little fucked, but you know, did a really good job of keeping um, De Bruyne really quiet, constantly pressuring him, always having two or three guys around them. So 
Arsenal are really trending pot, uh, trending really well. Don't look now, but Arteta might actually be a good manager. Yeah. And uh, also, Arsenal became the first uh, Premier League club to reach 100 red cards. <laughs> yes, that is a fact. <laughs> Everton have 99, though. Don't get mad. It's just math, okay? Yeah. Um, and Westham, you know, staying in London, have also played really well. David yep. Moyes might be a good manager, too. And they're just a point behind Arsenal. They're in fifth. Arsenal's in fourth. And then Tottenham is a couple of points behind Arsenal with two games in hand, though. Tottenham. So, we haven't talked about this. Nuno Santos got the sack. And uh, uh, Italy's second biggest export. You know, first is espresso. Second is uh, as managers to the Premier League. Yeah, Antonio Conte is taking over undefeated with his reign. And he's doing very – he's doing well very quietly. It's like nobody's really talking about it, but it's like they're two points behind Arsenal in fourth with two games in hand. That's a good position to be in. They haven't lost this, under Conte. Yeah, they're what five wins and, and three draws, I think, um, since he took over. It's 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 maybe six and two or five and three or, or something like that. Uh, but that's a you know incredible record, and, and Conte's doing what Conte does. It's he's he's galvanizing his squad, uh, you know, fixing some leaks at the back. And instilling a fire to, to fight, right? I yeah. think I think last season or two, when Tottenham have gone down, we've seen for the most part they stay down and, and they just get ready to go home. Uh, you do that in, under Antonio Conte and you're walking home, right? You do not get the team bus or anything. He doesn't even let you put sauce on your food. I know, man. Our, an Italian banning sauce. Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. That, that feels more like a German move. You know, and I feel like I'm 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 offending a lot of uh, European cultures right now on this on this, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're, just, you're just going right after Western Europe. I've been mainlining these throat lozenges, and I think it's going to my head. <laughs> um. So hey, yeah, what, who's, who's who's next on the? Uh... So four points behind fourth place Arsenal with still two games in hand is Manchester United. Um, we have a lot to unpack here. Only the manager we, have, we haven't discussed. Ole is finally out. Uh, Michael Carrick came in for the most brilliant one-game <laughs> display over. An electric 3-2 win over Arsenal. Um, and then... Greatest manager in uh, Man United history? Greatest win percentage. Greatest win percentage. Se- greatest win percentage, second greatest manager? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and then, apparently, he was never going to take over on any sort of interim basis, you know, except he was just a caretaker for the one game because of his loyalty to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And, you know, I think the big issue with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, you know, he's such a club legend as a player. Yeah. And I think that's why he got a lot longer of a leash than other post-Ferguson managers did. And I think he did do good things for Man United. I think he did at least understand the DNA and culture. The, he understood the team culture part. Just his X's and O's weren't there. And, you know, at a certain mm-hmm. point... Your XSOs aren't there. You're, you're losing, you know, losing the locker room. You can only, you know, he's a great rah-rah guy, but, like, you know, these are grown men. That you, can, you can only rah-rah so much. Exactly. And so I appreciate everything he did, and I still only think fondly of him. Mm-hmm. And Ralph Ragnarok has come in. Uh, he was in a director role in... In uh, Russia. In Russia. He's come in and he's trying to implement a the you know he's considered the father of the 
Gegenpress. Gegenpressing, yeah. All, uh, you know, all the German managers like Klopp and Tuchel apparently suck at his teeth. Um, so he's come in and it's been, it's been interesting. I don't really know what, I don't really have an opinion yet. It's I, I would, I would say just with the, the specific style that he is so well known for, having a pre holiday break, which in, I know the Premier League, you don't really have a holiday break. It's more of the holiday uh, rush, but having an opinion before the new year, it's premature. Because there's weeks and weeks of conditioning and strategy alignment that have to go on for the players to be able to even execute. We've seen, you know, fits and spurts when United are running his high press, constant press, and how well it can run. But it also looks like a team that was not conditioned or built to run that press for 90 minutes, you know, two to three times a week. Yeah. So it's hard to do. Sometimes I think it's they've been a little gassed, right? Yeah. Uh, so... But also, I think United is a, is a unique squad where, especially up front, you do have a, you've got two dinosaurs, right? You've got Cavani and you've got CR7. I don't care what his carpet dating is; he's old. Uh, but you've got a lot of young talent that you can cycle through uh, and maybe get some guys. Hopefully, in the next this next year, uh, more playing time. You know, like a, a Jay Lins and a Donny Van de Beek. Well, Jay Lins uh, is gone. Is he gone? He's not going to renew, and his contract's going to expire in six months. So that he, he's not gone, but he's gone. So you think? I'm, what, I'm, what I'm working at is you random game against Burnley. Uh, that's sandwiched in between two important games. You don't think he could get minutes to run a high press so that Cavani, who's on an oxygen tank, can get get a breather? Yeah, for the next six months, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, that's what I just meant. I just meant. I think United have a lot enough bodies up front and midfield that you can do a heavier rotation and run this physically punishing system that yeah. Ragnick is known for. Yeah, like I said, it's interesting. One thing I'll say is, um, since Ole left, Jaden Sancho has really looked like a good soccer player again. That's nice to see. Um, I wonder. I wonder if Ragnick is more familiar to Sancho just because. He spent, you know, a lot, a lot of time in Germany, and yeah. that's where Ragnick, you know, really cut his teeth over at Leipzig and a couple other teams. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I'm, you know, just kind of seeing how things develop. Obviously, top four looks like it's like that fourth spot's a four horse race between Arsenal, West Ham, Tottenham, and Man United. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I just. You know, I don't have a lot of thoughts right now. My only, I guess one thing I found really interesting is that in this match we just won against Burnley a few days ago, um, Bruno Fernandes was suspended due to accumulation, and Donny yeah. Van de Beek still didn't make the squad. Yeah, I don't know so what's going the on. Donny Van de Beek stuff I still find really just interesting. Apparently, um, he, just, he, just, he just, I guess, is parting ways with his agent. Um that Donovan Van Beek is, so that yeah. might make it hard for him to find a January move because he's now need to get needs to find a new agent before he can really negotiate. Well, and I don't want him to move because I want to see what he can do. I think there's a really good soccer player there, but nobody's playing him, and he, it's a World Cup year. So I yeah. don't blame I, I, him. I don't blame him for wanting to move. I, yeah, I think I think he wants to move is more what I was getting no, at. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of who's not in the top four race and who has just been atrocious, Leicester City, what is going on with them? No. They are so bad. I mean, 
They gave it a good run, man. <laughs> they won a title. They almost finished top four twice in a row. Vardy's talking about dinosaurs, man. He's so old. Yeah, I think. I think it's time. This is like this is the perfect like. Let me describe like some of their their last. Let me see one, two, three, four Premier League games. Okay, this is just describes the season they're having. Lose to Aston Villa two one, beat Newcastle four nil. Well, it's Newcastle. Lose to less lose to Man City six three, beat Liverpool one zero. Yeah, it's they're just a they're just a conundrum. Um, I don't know what's going on there. And then the other teams, two teams I want to talk about is um, Brentford are sitting comfortably <laughs> mid-table. Our bees are buzzing. Love that. Aston Villa sacked Dean Smith, brought in Steven Gerrard. He's done all right, but, I mean, they're still in 13th. Yeah. You know, they'll be, they'll be safe from relegation, which, let's, let's recall, Aston Villa two years ago stayed up because of uh, occlusion. Because the cameras couldn't see that the ball had crossed the line. True. So, all in all, they're fine. Yeah. Um, and you Everton. Know not, you know who's not fine, Donnie? Rafa Benitez and Everton. Everton's not fine. I'm pretty sure Rafa's still on the payroll for Liverpool. They're bad, dude. Dude, they are so bad. And the players, some of the players, I think, hate him. I think uh, Digne and him are, like, not speaking. Uh, That's always good. Yeah, yeah. You know so, who else was kind of bad this year? Leeds. Norwich. Oh, oh dude, Norwich is fucking <laughs> dog shit. Norwich is dog shit. Everton and Leeds are bad. Norwich is dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Leeds are not... I mean, the good news is Newcastle, Norwich, and uh, Burnley are so bad that... And Watford, too. <laughs> Watford. That, like, dude, Troy Deeney is just laughing at him right now. Everybody above 17th is probably going to be fine. Yes. Um, I've long publicly been a fan of the Jordies at the tune. Yes. But when the Saudi Arabian PIF acquisition was announced, there's nothing I wanted more than for Newcastle to go down. Well, no, that's the thing is they go down. The championship, it's a little harder to build a super team down there because of certain restrictions they have in place. So it's mm-hmm. gonna make their. It's gonna like listen. There's a world in our lifetime where Newcastle will be the will be the new PSG. That'll yeah. happen. It, like, it, it'll get like significantly delayed if Newcastle goes down. I think I think it delay it only by a year. Um, Maybe two. To be fair. Maybe two. But I figure what they'll do is they'll they'll attempt, assemble the best championship super team. Right, like it'll be a championship super team. Uh, and then when they get promoted, Dan James would be so good on the championship super. Yeah, <laughs> but when they get promoted, to get Dan James and Patrick Cotone, perfect, boom, uh, for the championship. When they get promoted, they'll sell all those players to championship teams who want to copy what they did, and then they'll just buy a whole new squad. Then, like, because like, money doesn't exist, for, like money's not real. Yeah, whatever infinity is, they have that plus one. So. That's like a nice little Premier League recap. We'll just quickly just stop in at La Liga to say that I think Real Madrid's going to win the title. Uh, Barcelona, finally. Wait. 
well, I'm just saying Real did have a little a bit of hiccup today. They did lose. They lost. Game. They only lost two games the first half of the season. They already lost one uh, today. They are winless in 2022. Yes, they had a hiccup against Catafe, but I think they're they're going to be all right now. What's really interesting is to watch Barcelona because mm-hmm. uh, Ronald Koeman got sacked and club legend Xavi got brought in, and things are still not exactly great for them. It's better, but not great. Quick, quick U.S. corner. Uh, it seems that Xavi has deemed Dest uh, access to requirements. So, you know, I don't think he's really played that much under under Xavi and really hoping that he can secure a move as, as we've mentioned, it is a World Cup year. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Barcelona sits fifth in the table right now. They hurt. 16 points back of Real Madrid with a game in hand to be or 15 points back uh, but they're only you know one point back of Atletico for fourth place so we'll probably get a top four of Real Sevilla Atletico and Barcelona to round out the season yeah somehow the- I just don't feel like Real Betis is really gonna make it the long haul here I don't see real social dad uh, holding on to much of a fight, you know, in seventh place. One point. Who the fuck is Rayo Valencia? All right, now we can do a quick little talk about the Champions League recap. Uh, our picks came in of our of our group stage picks. I mm-hmm. came out ahead by exactly one. You got twelve out of sixteen right. I got 13 out of 16 right. The one that killed you was picking, really just not picking Inter to not go through. I know, but like, I don't care. <laughs> As I was going through a tabulate, I was like, God damn it, Eric. They, they didn't go through last year in basically the same group, so. Uh, but I think the two biggest surprises, Eric, are which two major teams that didn't progress that we both thought would progress. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is, to me, is Dortmund, uh, which is probably not the name that is most surprising to everybody. Uh, obviously, Barcelona did not make it through. Wow. But following Barcelona, as we have this season, they've been disappointing. Oh. Uh, it was more shocking to me that Dortmund and their group did not get through. Yeah, they had a, one of the easier groups. And they did, they did play, I think, a good number of those group stages without Erling Holland. Uh, most of them without Gio Reyna. And, uh, and I think uh, Matt Hummels has been hurt. I think they've had a lot of, they've had injuries all over the, the, the pitch. Uh, so that explains why, but still, it's really shocking and disappointing uh, that Dortmund didn't make it out. And then Barcelona had to go get a result at Bayern in the last uh, day of the group stage. And boy, that did not happen. Oh, no. Uh, Bayern really just. Bayern. Loves playing Barcelona. The it is unreal. Um, so then, you know, you have your 16th team set, and somehow UEFA just fucked up the draw. How do you fuck up balls? Oh, well, they, fuck, no, they fucked it up because, like, this is... It's always been rigged. Yes, 100%. So, and, like, you, you see the, like, the, the explanation they gave for what fucked up? Please remind me of the explanation. Yeah, you know, they have certain things that, like, this team cannot draw this team, right? And you can't draw a team from your same group. You can't draw and a team from your same country. Yeah, and, and, there, and there might be one or two other restrictions as well. Uh, I think if they had made it, no Russian team can draw um, a Ukrainian team for political reasons. 
So they admitted that after they ran the draw, uh, they forgot to tell the computer some of the required exclusions. <laughs> so they had to run it again. But like, it really feels like you were like, oops, we, uh, we told it certain things, but we forgot to tell it the things that we actually are saying we tell it. Well, the original draw, for example, had PSG playing Man U, Messi versus Ronaldo, and then yeah. I thought, wait a minute, let's make this matchup happen later on. It'll mean more. Well, no, I think they were like, oh, we, 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 we technically, because it, it was a technicality, is like the eligible teams that United uh, was able to draw from had a team that it shouldn't have. Yeah. And so that threw, that threw off the draw. So I think, it, like, I'll tell you what. There was no actual draw. It just it just kicked out United and PSG because that was what was predetermined. Uh, but in the interface that showed what it could have been selected from is where they forgot to correct it because they weren't using that. Thing. They weren't actually using that thing anyways. <laughs> so we have our matchups. Um, we'll go through them. First one is Sporting and City. This is just you know round of sixteen. City will always get the most cupcake game for them. Sporting is a decent team. Yeah. But City's going to destroy them. Or, yes, yeah, City wins. <laughs> now, here's a really juicy matchup, actually. And this is another rig. How about Messi plays his longtime rival, <laughs> Real Madrid? Also, Sergio Ramos playing Real Madrid. Yeah. Sergio Ramos, by the way, we didn't talk about the Uber Eats League because PSG already have like a 12-point lead. And also, they're like the sixth-ranked league in the coefficient sure. rankings. So oh, they're not even... Also, Ramos got a red card, like, last week. <laughs> Which was, like, his second game for <laughs> PSG. So that... So PSG Real Madrid, that is going to be juicy. Benzema versus the best team in France. Ramos versus Real Madrid. Messi versus Real Madrid. Mbappe versus future team. Um, a lot of story. All I know there. is Donny... I need I need I need a lot of action on Ramos red card against Royale. Oh yeah, that's hitting. That's, that's a, hitting first half. That's a mortal lock. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a pretty close tie actually. Route you know Don Carlo has Real Madrid firing. You know had a hiccup today, but they're firing well. Benzema and Vincinius Junior are fucking incredible. They're just like they are. They're putting on a show, um, but. PSG is just so stacked. The stars shine so bright in Paris. Like, if Messi in one leg decides, or Mbappe in one leg, or Neymar in one leg decide they're going to go off for a hat trick, like, fucking ties over. You know what I mean? In one game. Like, that's the thing. They're just, the individual talent on PSG for me is just too much. So, I'm going to give the nod to PSG. I'm going Real. I like it. I'm actually not even going Real. I'm going Benzema. Oh, <laughs> I'll put that he's in. at least he's at least getting a brace. I like that. I like that. Um, you know, good for good for our boy Brendan Harrison in Salzburg. Pouring out for all the homies in Salzburg for making it to the round of sixteen. Really, just so bad to drop by Munich. They're gonna get destroyed. Honestly, the biggest regret I have is it sounds like Salzburg is using their Champions League final sixteen. As the reason that they will not let Brendan Aronson move to a big league this winter market, <laughs> and like I get, I get, you know, I, I can respect they they have a puncher's chance, right? In soccer, anything can happen. 
In two it's legs, not- in one in one game, yes, I would agree with you. In one game, if this was a one-off, I would give him a puncher's chance. But in two legs against Bayern Munich, no. no. Bayern's going to score five goals in one of those two legs. It's not going to happen, but like technically it could happen. So I get why they why Salzburg has that mindset, right? They're not going to sell Aronson. They're probably not going to sell Adeyemi until the summer as well. Probably to Bayern, <laughs> especially if he scores against Bayern. So, you know, it's a bummer that we're not going to see Aronson, who's, you know, rumors are Milan are looking at him, as, as well as Leeds and a couple other teams, which would be really cool. Uh, Leipzig and, and Dortmund, too. Uh, would be dope. But not going to happen this winter. Uh, just like Salzburg's not going to be Bayern. Yeah. Another spicy matchup, Inter-Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Liverpool be making uh, their second trip to San Siro in the in this season's Champions League where they were uh, victorious with, you know, their 1B squad. A uh, couple starters, a couple, couple reserves, took down Milan. Enter, I, I hate it, but Inter are going to advance. Wow. Interesting. Uh, I hate it too, but Liverpool, I mean... I think with their star power, with the, with the way Mo Salah is playing, I think they'll do enough to advance. Um, really, I just need Inter to advance because I need them to be in multiple com- competitions longer if we're going to have any chance of catching them. Come on. Here's another one that I think is low-key spicy, Villarreal-Juve. You want to know how spicy I think it is? You're going Villarreal. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to go Juve just because I was not that impressed with Villarreal in their in their group games when they were in the same group as Manu, um, I feel like they're kind of having a downturn. And I feel like Juve's kind of on the trending up while they're trending yeah. down. Uh, Juve have been pretty pretty on, on fire uh, last, last month months, or yeah. so. I'm not really picking Villarreal. I'm picking against Juve, and it's mostly because I picked Inter to advance. You can't pick them up. You can't pick them up. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Lille. This is another one where poor one out for the homie Tim Wea. I mean, I would have said that a month ago. <laughs> I okay. We all have a puncher's chance. I'll say that, but I think Chelsea's gonna be. Are you gonna go? Lille? Probably. Chelsea will probably win. Yes. Especially there are rumors that a couple players on Lille will be moving in the winter market. If that happens, then it's definitely no chance. Um, yeah, Chelsea will go through. Yeah. But I, I, I don't feel confident about that pick at all. Okay, so this is interesting for you. At the beginning of the Champions League season, you gave me three teams who are going to win it all. PSG. And I, I, I have one guaranteed into the next round, Vic. PSG, Atletico. I have three. Well, no, PSG. I have at least two guaranteed. No, you don't. You have no guarantees. I got Bayern and Man City. I have two guarantees. They're not guaranteed. They're guaranteed. I have a mathematic guarantee that one of my teams is in the next round. You do not have that. I have the lead right no, now. You have a guarantee, but I have guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Atletico and Man U. Uh, Atletico are in this knockout round because of a egregious referee fuck-up. Uh, if that hadn't happened, they would not have had more points than... Uh, Porto. And so I Atletico are paper tiger. They're snake oil salesmen and charlatans. United, even even this United is going to be Atletico. I have absolutely oh. no doubt in my mind. 
just feel like this United is so physically soft. And, Atletico and this, Atletico, this Atletico is so bad at soccer. <laughs> but, like, you know what, though? It's going to be funny because I really like Jao Felix. And he's going to play. He's going to score against Man U. And I'm gonna they don't scoring. score. They don't do anything. They are just bad. No, I, they I just... I'm going to they dive and they, they practice the dark arts that Diego Simeone has taught them. You know in the first Mighty Ducks, the, the, the movie, not the Duckanoids? I know, I know, I know. We can argue that later. When he realizes the team is so bad that he teaches them how to, like, dive and cheat. And there's, like, the whole, like, like practice where he's like, take the fall, act indignant. I'm, I'm positive that is how Atletico start every single training session. Just practicing diving and, and getting hurt and injuring people. And I will say, CR7 really loves to knock Atletico Madrid out of the Champions League. But if I pick Man U to win this game, Man U <laughs> will 1,000% lose. <laughs> By picking Atletico, I'm giving Man U a chance. So I'm sticking with Atletico. I last, can respect that. Last matchup respect. is Benfica Ajax. This is another. Spot. I think this is a dope matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Ajax here because I, I think Holler, like Sebastian Holler is balling. Holler is baller. Wait, but in February when they play, he's gonna be at the African Cup of Nations. Hmm. Oh, they call my dick. Didn't think about that. I will not be doing that. <laughs> I'm still. I'm sticking with Ajax. I. I. I yeah. I like. You know, they've got, they, I mean, Benfica are a solid team. Their manager is great, in my opinion. Yes. Really, really good. Um, but, yeah, so that's how we cream, uh, cram, cream. Cream, <laughs> yeah. I got the Icardis on the mind. You said tickle my dick. That's what you got, got no. on your mind. <laughs> you wish I said tickle my dick. I said dick on my dick. Oh, God, that's even... I don't know which is worse, actually. We need to end this podcast. Yeah, that's what happens when we cram three months of soccer into about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> um, but as always, you can follow us on Twitter, at OnGoPod. Uh, Instagram, at OnGoPod. And email us, OnGoPod at gmail.com. Oh, we'll check the email before the next episode. Maybe. But you guys, you guys didn't send us anything in these last three months, so it does not really matter. I mean, I didn't check, but I'm just guessing. Yeah. So with that, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. It's in. It's an up goal. It's a gift. Oh, it's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. Got no chance to win it again.